Hello and welcome to Open All Lars, the QPR podcast. I'm David Fraser. Um, there's three of us here tonight. Um, we've been slightly beset, if that is the word, with a bit of illness. So regular listeners will probably will either be very happy to hear or very sad to hear that um, a couple of the regulars are not with us. So Paul's not with us tonight. Chris is not with us. But we do have two experienced contributors to the qpr podcast and other podcasts with us so to my right not that that makes any difference to anyone listening because no one will have any sense of the orientation in the room good to paint a picture yeah to paint a picture on my right is tom gibbs from the telegraph hi david hello how are you i'm pretty good thank you been i want to say last season you came on is there not an official open all ours statisticians yeah appearance uh, tally I actually think there is. I think my brother Richard sort of roughly knows who's been on when he can tell us from all the semi-contributors uh, <laughs> who's been on the most. Uh, has I think Richard been on? He has once. He was once forced to be on when we were really <laughs> short, but he did not enjoy it. He prefers just doing the website and the social and stuff like that, crunching the numbers, crunching the numbers, doing the register at the live events, all that. He doesn't. He was very reluctantly on. Um, I think he will tell you that the the record appearance maker by a semi-regular, as opposed to one of the regulars, is tied between, I think, Kevin Gallon and Clive Whittingham. Um, but two this QPR heroes. Two QPR heroes. <laughs> this must be your fourth? I want to say four. Well, let's get closure from your brother, but I would have put it. I would have put it at five. So okay. uh, yeah, a cliffhanger. Undersold you there, um, and I would say very much approaching semi-regular territory. Um, to my left is Steve Sace. Good evening. And I'm, I'm to paint. Now I'm obsessed with painting the picture of where we are. I'm kind of we're sat down on these benches, and I'm semi-cross-legged. And I'm wondering if this is putting up. I'm wondering if this put, is putting up a sort of barrier uh, uh, between us and uh, any QPR chat flowing tonight. Quite possibly, but the body language isn't great. This you is know what, what I'm worried. I'm worried about my body language. Yes, make it a bit more friendly. Shall we all take our tops off? No. no. Okay. <laughs> Most definitely not. Um, very minimal housekeeping tonight. Thank you all for listening. Thank you all for interacting with us on Twitter. If you wish to do so. You can by following us on Twitter at QPRPod. You can find all old episodes um, on our website at QPRPod.co.uk. And you can follow us on Facebook. That's it. We are recording this Tuesday evening. It's 24 hours after. So there's two games since we last podded. Uh, Reading, one point gotten from a 2-2 draw. Um and we'll come on to that, and we'll come on to the reason why, even though we were all there, we struggled <laughs> to remember the exact result, and I wonder if other people are the same. But given that it was very recent, let's talk about... It was 3-1 in the end last night, although it was sort of that last goal sort of snuck in at the end, really, and it did. It, it felt closer than a, a two-goal deficit. I, I, I feel like that anyway. So I've definitely talked for too long so far. So, Tom, 
You've got very thorough notes there, which I would expect nothing less from a professional journalist. I'm, I'm jealous. <laughs> I really am. So, take us through. How did you find last night? I thought, unfortunately, we deserved to lose on Monday night. Um, I think the penalty was wrong, pretty clearly. Um, but and it obviously came at a killer time, which is something we've suffered from a couple of times this season, where we've had been in a moment where we've looked most like scoring again, and it's. Uh, it's been denied us by an unfortunate um, incident at the other end of the pitch. Um, but, yeah, I think we were well beaten by Brentford, unfortunately. We've been relying all season, really, on outscoring teams. And there's only so far that can take you when the defence is ropey. And it, it was a bit of a mess last night. I mean, the first goal especially was was pretty awful from, from kind of... Every element of that goal was bad. Like, Scoen was completely done in midfield. Manning was very slow out to the crosser. And then there was just this enormous room between, like, an exclusion zone around the Brentford striker between Hall and Leisner to head mm. it home. So, um, I think the defensive problems are coming home to roost a little bit, unfortunately. Steve? Yeah, it's hard to hard to disagree with any of that, really. Um, I thought we were very disappointing first half. Yeah, you're, you're right, Tom. We were all over the, the shop defensively for the first goal. Um, I think one thing we probably will discuss is the the mess that we've kind of got into distributing it from the back. So not only were we a mess trying to defend anything, but we're just totally at sixes and sevens trying to bring the ball out of uh, out of goal. I've seen a lot of debate on social media today because uh, I don't do any work really. Um, <laughs> talking about you know, Kelly Tom gets paid for being. Yeah, I know, I know. <laughs> this is a bit, very daunting being up against a pros like you guys. Um, but no, seriously, um, the uh, you know Kelly versus Lumley debate keeps uh, keep, keeps going on, and actually, I think Kelly is quite a decent keeper. He the last two games he's made some really good saves. Um, He's maybe not as good with his feet as we might have been led to believe, but he is better with his feet than Lumley. But the whole thing is, is that this distributing it out of out of goal thing for us, trying to play it short, is just not working, and it's being read far too easily. And it is, it, it's just, um, it's just being read far too easily. We're, it's very easy. What do you to, mean it's not working though? What? If I challenge that, okay, there's the okay. obvious errors. I can't remember the home game of Lumley giving the ball away and getting in a pickle yeah. when he did that. But are we really letting in that many goals as a result Not of letting in goals? But I think it's giving a big psychological advantage to the opposition. The fact that that they that Brentford last night could just neutralise it by by pressing high um, and then forcing us to change. So forcing Kelly to either kick long to two of the shortest men on the field um, or kind of going to the sides and. It did work a couple of times, but again, going going to either uh, Rangel or Manning. Rangel's thirty six, Manning's five foot, not very much, um, probably more than me. But you know, he's not that tall. So the the fact that we couldn't adapt and we, I just felt it boxed us in and made us very. Um, I just put us under the cosh. I felt like we did almost didn't we didn't start playing out from the back unless I was sort of I picked up on a couple of things and got carried away with the idea I felt like we started with with Kelly booting it out 
at every given opportunity and then they were all a bit confused about how we were supposed to be playing and then we defaulted I, after about 25 minutes to the playing out from I the back. I think part of the problem on Monday night was that Leisner seemed to be the person dictating the play a lot and I like Leisner but I was with um, my colleague JJ Ball last night who does a lot of tactical pieces for the Telegraph mm. and he's recently... What did he say? Well, he's recently qualified as a coach so he thinks he knows everything but he said to me right. after about five minutes that he didn't think Leisner was very good in, in slightly ruder um, language than that. And once someone said that to you, That's when they are your guest at a football match you've taken them to, you just immediately <laughs> want them to prove them wrong. But then from then on, I just couldn't stop noticing Leisner's slight shortcomings. And he, he's not a terrible passer of the ball. He, no. He's actually adapted better to it than I thought he would. But what I was noticing last night was even when he does reach his intended target with a pass... It's not that accurate. And Manning, a lot of the time, is having to just to adjust like two steps back and that makes controlling it harder. And it sort of stops the entire game plan a little bit if players aren't picking it about with total accuracy. And I can see why Warburton wanted to get rid of him, I think. Yeah, I mean, I think it's good for Leisner that he has... He's obviously shown willing in training and, you know, because there was all the talk that he was going to go in the summer. I think it's good for him that he has obviously shown winning. And, was he and captain tried to last night? I, I couldn't oh, spot it. Question. I think I he was. You know. Anyway, sorry. Uh, sorry to interrupt. No, 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 no. Um, but I, I, yeah, I, I agree with Tom. I think he, you know, he's not a, he's not a comfortable ball player. And actually, um, I think whilst Barbe has his shortcomings, I think we I think we missed Barbe last night. Mm. Yeah, certainly as a ball player the other thing to say is Brentford have just absolutely got our number haven't they I looked at the stats since we got relegated in 2015 played 10 against Brentford in all competitions we've won 2 drawn 1 lost 7 we've scored 12 to their 22 so they've either figured out how to play us they're a much better team than us or they're always going into that game way more motivated than we are I think there's a bit yeah, more you Bertram. said <laughs> Sorry. No, that was a great day. No, yeah. I, but I think also they they were a bit more up for it as well. I think we. I think they generally. I, are. I felt I felt we walked out there sort of expecting to have another sort of nice stroll a little bit, and we had a rude awakening. And actually, when we came out in the second half, we were much better. We came out like a train, and obviously that was when we uh, that was when we equalised, and it was a really decent goal by, by by Grant Hall. We came out like a train, and 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 um, and it was only really that dodgy penalty that I think just took the window of our sails and just stopped us stopped us dead and, and we never really looked like getting back into it um, I was a bit scathing earlier on on Twitter about Malacca um, mm. I really I really don't think that he added anything which is you know I don't want to get on one individual player's back but uh, he did a lot you know quite a lot of jumping around and trying to get he wasn't to get the playing ball, down the middle it didn't look like no, I think he was pushing it I just, just felt he was out of, out of position most of the time and just Really ineffectually reminded me of Alessandro Pellicori. Oh, <laughs> oh, wow, last from the part. He's a, he's a role player though, isn't he? Like Clara, I think it, I think it's unlikely he's really going to challenge Hugel and yeah. Worlds yeah. for those striker spots. I'm not massively concerned about him. I'm more concerned about the two in the base of midfield, um, which mm. just didn't seem to be working in, in either way last night. Really, um, the good thing is about that position, we do have options there. We've got Amos there, Ball there, Manning potentially could be moved forward. The squad gives me hope that there are... Uh, and Warburton gives me hope because I think he's adjusted this season already when things have gone a little bit stale. So I don't think it's time to panic. And I uh, Definitely not. And so I believe I'll introduce another Fraser brother at this point. Uh, my brother Ben tells me that if we lose on Saturday, we will have the same number of points that we had this time last year. Yeah. The same uh, there's, there's but really, it feels very, very different. There, yeah, there's really no need to be... 
two down. I mean, it's just annoying. It was to Brentford, and it's annoying that it was like that. But actually, we're not in a we're not in bad shape for you know for where we are, and actually being top ten. Yeah, I'm delighted, really. Mm. Goalie, d- d- stick, twist. Thought we played. Thought it. we played well on Monday. I'd definitely stick with him. I think the next seven are tricky. It's um, it's <laughs> it's, it's pretty intimidating. <laughs> oh, well, <laughs> Leeds away, Middlesbrough home, Fulham away, Forest home, Derby away, Preston, Birmingham away. Only Middlesbrough really struggling out of that lot at the moment. And yeah, I, I think I think say, Middlesbrough might be a bit of a chance for a bit of confidence. You've got to hope so, but I mean, so often we seem to do well against the good teams and not so well against the bad yeah, teams. But true. I think this has got to be a phase of the season now where we do try and address the defence and we try and address the game plan and, and shut up shop a little bit and that, that actually might be um, very good for the keeper, whoever it is. I think now we've switched to Kelly, I think we should stick with him. And I think, for me, he's he, he's done enough. Um, but it, it is his, a lot of goals. But I think it's this wider issue about, as you, as you say, Tom, I'm, I'm agreeing with you, um, about, about, the, about how that defence knit, knits together. And... Um, it's also very telling how when we are, um, we got a couple of injuries. So, or assume Barbe was in, injured last night. Um, you know, Grant Hall can come in, but Grant Hall hasn't played a lot of football. We are actually quite short of options. And I saw the suggestion on Twitter earlier, and I think it's a really good one. Actually, bring in bring in Lee Wallace at um, left, left back, back yeah. and and maybe push. Uh, Manning on into midfield, and that might that might be one way of resolving it. it. It's I suppose they're good problems to have. Manning's created an awful lot of chances from that position, and mm-hmm. has played extremely well. So there's an argument that you keep yeah. him there, and, and you, you know make the adjustments where the obvious yeah. problems are. But there are options. That's the main thing to say. Yeah, I mean Cameron Cameron and Scoan didn't really work as you as you, as you said, and I just uh, I've seen I've seen Cameron dominate games much more than that. Um, I'm not. You know, I think I think Amos is probably worth another try because I was really impressed with him earlier on in the season. Do where do we think Cameron's best position is? I'd like to see him told to stand in a tiny little square in front of the really really dodgy defence and say, mm. tell him be here and mop it up and do a job for us. And Hall's done that quite well in the past as well. And move the ball on a little bit to a runner like Scowan. So uh, this was that period last year when Hall was. He was like a flexy defender, wasn't he? He was a defender when we didn't have the ball and he was a midfielder when we did have the ball, something like that. Yeah, whereas last night he looked neither one thing nor the other, really. How do we fix this leaky defence? Crikey. (laughs) Um, I think we are still a very attacking team and I don't think that's wrong. I think the front four have been extremely exciting. I think we've got one of the most exciting players in the league at the moment in Eze and um, Wells is absolutely fantastic for periods and then has periods where he doesn't look quite so (laughs) strong so um, I don't know if it's a mentality thing Um, uh, I think there is something to be said for the fullbacks perhaps not attacking quite so much and having spells in games where they are told to sit a little bit because we're getting exposed quite a bit out wide and I think a lot of it is about how the defence is shielded and what the role is of those two players in front of them Um, I wonder if, yeah, you know, we do need a bit of a change of personnel. I'm discussing with the, the guy sitting next to Gary, he's, and he, he's very knowledgeable about these things. And he suggested that Chair wasn't actually contributing that much last night. A few, yeah. a few nice flashes, but not actual. But this was like as I this time last year, wasn't yeah. it? Yes. And, and look how good he is now. I think we've just got to keep Chair in the team. Well, Chair's almost it's so, too crucial so, for the business plan to sacrifice. I was going him. to say, so barring a barring us getting promoted, mm-hmm. which I don't think will happen, 
Um, although for the first time, Paddy Power are offering me a profit on my cash out for us to win the league. So that's positive. Uh, they're offering me 50p profit on it. Um, I did put four grand down. And are they paying, no, I didn't. Are they, are they paying to be name-checked in this podcast? No, they are not. Wow. No, they are not. Not they a company not. short of uh, no, advertising. No, sorry. Other betting companies are available. Um, well, either we get promoted, as he stays if we get promoted, or if he's injured. And I don't want one of them to happen, and I don't think the other will happen. And it feels like... Chair's the successor, isn't he? That's they're, they're grooming him to take over and be kind of the next playmaker. So perhaps it is time to take him out for a little bit. Yeah. Take him out the team, yeah. not take him out. I mean, I wonder... I wonder, though, if there is any scope for uh, any, any ins and outs in January. Um, and we've, we've actually got the fans forum coming up um, the week on Monday. Yes, um, and I think that's a really good opportunity to ask Lee Hoos. Uh, he obviously, you know, he's not going to say give us a cash figure of how much has QPR got to spend this summer. But the fact that we were linked with McKenna from Aberdeen back at the end of yeah, the they last only let him for they only let him for the weekend. Yeah. But that actually that's actually quite <laughs> positive, and it means there might be a little bit of headroom for signings. And I think that's re- really good news. I think we could do with another defender, whether it's Bikena or someone else. Yeah, definitely defence would be the priority of me. I think January is often such a risky time to buy, and I think we have to just settle in for the long haul here and trust that Warburton's the guy for a while and there should be a longer-term plan. I wouldn't panic necessarily in January unless the defence is getting a lot worse. Mm-hmm. Uh, and also, I wouldn't want to take up any time at the fans' forum asking about things like that when we could be asking the important questions about things like the water pressure in the gents' toilets. <laughs> You're forgetting the very meaning of the fans' forum. <laughs> How was the water pressure for you last Poor, night? Poor, David. <laughs> Poor. Uh, do you think, uh, just to sort of tie up other things I have on here like, from last night, I mean, it obviously wasn't a penalty, but do you think to the naked eye, A, to the naked eye, it was obviously not a penalty. Do you think that? And do you think it ultimately would have made any difference? I don't think it was a scandalous decision, and I think refereeing is extremely difficult, but I think it was the wrong decision. I think not conceding a penalty then would have made it more likely for us to score again. However, I absolutely think we were going to concede more than one goal uh, last night, whatever would have happened. We're, we're conceding two a game at the moment. It's mm. it's just, this is, the, and we just got cut apart again and again and again on Monday night. They had so many more chances, and some, the quality of their breaks was so much better than ours that we just looked so vulnerable. Yeah, and actually, Kelly did keep us in the game. I think mm, some very really, much yeah. so. A couple of really important saves. So We're rubbish at penalties. We're absolutely awful at um, saving penalties. Um, I look back through the stats and um, apart from the shootout against Bristol City in the Cup, it's been 17 penalties we've faced since we saved one. Um, Forestieri missed one at Sheffield uh, Wednesday, but um, the last person to save one was Smithies at Brentford uh, when he came on for Ingram. Wow. And have we let in five this year? Is that right, this season? Four or five, something. It must, be, must be at least. Yeah, good old Barbie. I mean, that was a good penalty. It was amazing. It was a yeah. very good penalty. Yeah, um, top corner. Wish my my biggest surprise from last night was that Pew didn't come on for chair. That seems to happen every game. That's a standard. I thought that was in his contract <laughs> <laughs> that he had to come on for chair. I actually like quite like Mark Pew. I think he is quite a capable player, but he. Yeah, he gets brought on for chair, and obviously the comparison, he's not quite the ball player that no. the, 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 the chair is. But actually, I think I think over the course of a season or two, and for what, you know, we we got him on a free, his wages, I would imagine, would be fairly modest. I think I think he's a decent squad player, and, and he's had a, quite a varied career, Mark Pugh, so 
Yeah, yeah, I think yeah. there is I there is depth in the squad. It's really encouraging. Yeah. The the thing that really upset me last night was our clever ruse at free kicks of having the entire team stand offside, only to then <laughs> yeah, be no, flagged as being offside because they were all offside and they kept doing it. I didn't get that either. Okay, so I'm going to ask you a question now because you're not Mark Warburton. It is hypothetical. But nevertheless, your answers might be interesting. You make three changes for the Leeds game. What are they? Um, well, Hugo comes in back after his suspension. Four. Ugh, I knew you would ask me that. Um, I need to think that, think that through. Okay. Um, go on, go on to two and three then. Um, if Barbe is fit, he comes back in for Hall. Sorry, sorry, Grant, but we look better, I think, with Barbe there even though Barbe's a bit accident-prone. Um, I might... I like Angel Rangel, um, but I think last night he looked every one of his 36 years, uh, and I wonder if we should give Todd Kane another go. I think he has underperformed a little bit when when, he, when he's come in, but he does Ooh. look quite capable. Um, I think I'd give him another, another go. It will give us another option and a bit of pace on the right wing. Tom, three is tricky, isn't it? I'd, I'm I'd, making. I'd, it yeah, I'd have I'd have Barbe back. I think I would just try to really grind out a draw on Saturday. Uh, I'd revert to three in the middle at the back. I think I'd have Leicester there because you could see a physical presence being used for an Barbe and Hall alongside him. I would possibly try Ball back in the team. Maybe I had a Cameron for some more legs there. Mm-hmm. I think Scowan probably will run around to decent effect and uh, and then maybe swap out Chair for um, our striker Jordan Hugo, whose name I couldn't remember for a moment there, uh, who I think would give us a little bit more presence up front. But I think the priority has got to be to try and just try and get this first clean sheet of the season. That would be such a result if we could do that on mm. Saturday. I have nothing to add to that. I mean, obviously I will, but I've got uh, <laughs> because that you've you've included kind of my changes. Obviously, being the person who set the question, I've had a bit of time to think about it. Um, but I, yes, I would probably take. I think the arguments to take chair out make sense. Yeah, I'd probably take that. him out again for Hugo. I think Hugo and Wow Wells together. Uh, perform well and better when one of them is on their own. I agree with you on Kane. I, I, I'm not. I'm not saying I would take Kelly back out yet and put Lumley in, but I don't see a great difference between the two, and I don't see Kelly being as good with his feet as we are led to believe, and so much better. I don't see him being so much better than Lumley. On reflection, I think I brought. Barbe back into the team but didn't name who was going out for him so if we could play 12 players was that I'd go for that <laughs> yeah 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 so well, who would you take out the team I, oh come on oh. give me give me the 12 players let's okay. try it that's fine that's fine we can go with that um okay I think we've covered Brentford quite comprehensively there um which leads us on to Reading I think it was the sort of game where you can't exactly remember exactly what the score was we all knew it was a draw and we couldn't quite remember was it two did we score two what order did we score them in um is there okay what do I want to ask you about that it felt like Mark Bowen was on the wind up (laughs) (laughs) 
Says, shall, we, shall we call him and effect. see what he says? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> podcast disastrous podcast appearance revenge for Mark Bowen. That was really I, disastrous. You know what? I, I, I know. You know, it's easy to say these things in uh, retrospect, but I remember thinking at the time of that podcast, "Oh, good on him for coming on." I mean. It didn't age very well, that podcast, very quickly. But uh... I, I didn't think that. I thought at the time listening to it, I thought, this guy has no clue we are doomed. Yeah, maybe I'm just... For those of you like podcasts. who don't know what we're talking about, this has become a sort of a classic podcast for sort of all the wrong reasons. It was towards the end of Mark Hughes' reign. For some reason, the club gave us Mark Bowen for interview, who was the assistant manager at the time. For some reason, he came on. And I think it's fair to say he had some lubrication to hand. Oh, I didn't know this. It felt like that. I can't prove that, obviously. You do recall quite late. Uh, Well, (laughs) yeah. And we hadn't won in 12, so (laughs) who can blame him? And he had no answers whatsoever. And if I mean, it was a car crash. I remember him saying things like... And I won't try the, the Welsh accent, but it, you know, there's nothing more we can do. I don't know what more we can yeah. do. Yeah, <laughs> that's very good thing to hear from someone in charge ideas. of yeah. sorting out a football team. So yeah. he, mirac- we covered this last week, but he somehow, so he was director of football, whatever they call it, at Reading, and then somehow deemed it appropriate to select himself as the new Reading mm-hmm. manager. <laughs> Um, it was a very thorough um, interview process, I'm sure. Mark Bowen interviewed Mark Bowen and decided that Mark <laughs> Bowen should be appointed. Um, but yes, back to the game. Uh, it did feel like we would walk that, and we did not walk that. Um, and actually, we saw, I don't know if we hung on at the end, but it was by no means definitely going to be a draw in those last few minutes. I thought Reading were really good, actually. They, yeah, they, they, they didn't they, look their league position at no, all. They didn't. No, not they at didn't. All. They looked, and they certainly deserved a point. And, mate, you know, I think we maybe got away with that one. And I think I think it's the, the last two games, really, are both an example of, you know, we're, we're playing, I think, at, the, at our peak at the moment. I think, you know, I don't think there's an awful lot more uh, you could squeeze out of our squad at the moment as it is. And and I think, not that we've been found out the last couple of games, but we've come across some stiff tests. We've lost maybe one or two people, one or two players, and it showed that, you know, yeah, we like you, you were saying about Pew, we, there is, there, we do have quite a, you know, some, some variety in the squad, but maybe not a lot of depth if you scratch below the surface. And I think the Reading game was a real, if you add in the, the new manager bounce that they had, um, yeah, I think we got a, we got away with a point there. It, yeah, we were taken a little bit by surprise by them. I think possibly, I mean, I'm sure we had uh, the scouting was good and the preparation for the game was good, but perhaps the mentality going into it wasn't spot on. I feel like we've benefited from that a lot this season. I think we've had um, you know the combination of Ezzy, uh Wells and Chair has just been so spectacular uh, in the first 14 games. Yeah. That's really benefited us, but. I think that's only going to get tougher for us now. And I think Reading was a good example of that. Like we, That was, what, our 13th game of the season. They've had 12 games to analyse and look at that. And it seemed as if they'd sussed us out. And um, they sort of set the blueprint a little bit for how to deal with us at home. And they, they overran us in midfield, um, which put more pressure on a dodgy defence. There's a, there's a game management problem as well, potentially, when you concede a goal so quickly after mm, scoring yeah. the opener. That's always quite gutting and worrying. Well, if you're letting four goals in the last two home games, sorry to labour the point, but you're just, if you're requiring, Five. if you then need to score six goals across two home games to win the games, you're really giving yourself a difficult... Well, it's, it's the old Kevin Keegan school of management, isn't it? And it only it's only going to wash for as long as you can keep scoring. And as soon as you get one or two cracks in the in the personnel, then... 
you're going to struggle. So, how does that take us on to Leeds on Saturday? God help us. Yeah, it could be tough. I, I've, I'm like absolutely terrible at watching the Championship beyond QPR, so I've not seen a second of Leeds this season, unfortunately. Um, but uh, I, Have you seen their documentary on Amazon? No, come on now. I have no interest in all that. I saw the advert for it with that guy saying, like, first it's Leeds, then it's my family. Like, come on, mate. <laughs> <laughs> we all care about football, yeah. but it's just, it's just a sort of dreadful competition to see who can pretend they care the most about something. Um, but it's going to be tough, isn't it? They're, they're clearly they're clearly a good side, and um, I think uh, it's a it's a really good opportunity for us to practice our defending. <laughs> I mean, yes. you know, it, it, they're, they're, they're obviously better than a hull. We got a, you know we got something at hull. Um, I'm not that hopeful to be honest at Elland Road. I was at Elland Road last season and kind of felt all of the decisions were going their way and you know they've got that massive crowd behind them and you know it's a daunting place to go I mean I'm sure I'm sure we'll go and and, and give give the best of ourselves but I you know hoping rather than expectation we might get a point mm. okay um believe it or not that sort of moves us on to the R's end um which is other bits and pieces that we haven't talked about so far and Steve I know you've um you, uh, you you've been involved for a little while now with the the movement to movement. Can I call it that? To stay in uh, West Twelve, mm-hmm. so um, it's probably a good opportunity now for you to remind us all what's going on. With yeah, that. Um, I mean the truth is it's very very quiet at, at the moment, but it it just so happens that um, back in the summer um, we there was a consultation exercise that the club um, promoted and also the stay in W Twelve group also promoted and that closed uh, if I remember rightly in June and actually we had a really positive result coming out of it um eight, I think it was over 80% of respondents <clears throat> were in support of a of a of a stadium kind of event type use for that land uh and that was really about the best result that we could have hoped for because mm. Um, you know, it does show that there is a, a a will out there amongst, you know, not only residents, but also the people who, you know, who use the facilities at Loftus Road, etc. That, you know, we would we would like to stay in the area and see uh, the Linford Christie Stadium as a, a, a as a potential new home. Um, so what's happened since is that uh, there's a lot of stuff going on in the background. Um and you know, we, no one really needs to be party to it, other than the council are you know doing an assessment now on what their options are going forward. Um, it's likely we might hear something about that in the new year. Um, I imagine that the that the council is talking to all of the stakeholders, and I think I think we can safely assume that includes the club as well. Um, and that it's kind of a watch of the space, really. Um, one thing I will say is that the forces of evil, the forces that are not the forces of evil, the forces that are no, let's uh, call them forces. Uh, of the evil. forces that are I don't against know who we're talking us, about, but let's call them that. Uh, the, the well, uh, groups like the Friends of Wormwood Scrubs. Okay, um, they are they are very active in organising themselves, um, developing uh, funds for you know potential future campaigns, and it's you know. It's going to be a long-term thing, and it's also going to not going to be a walk in the park because if we do want this stadium and we want to stay 
in in the Shepherd's Bush area, then we will have some opposition. Um, and you know, we just need to be aware that 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 no matter what the club do, that there are you know there is this massed opposition sort of gathering against us. In your opinion, as somebody who knows a bit more about this than mm-hmm. the average fan, I think I can say. What do you think the best case scenario is year-wise for us to move into our new stadium? Oh, uh, we're not we're not talking in the next three or four years, because even if even if the the council came back to us next year and said, right, you can have it, yeah, um, you can uh, expect the the forces of opposition then to be launching legal challenges, judicial reviews, and it will be like Warren Farm all over again. Yeah, um, it you know. I can't give you I can't give you a time but we we we're not talking we're not talking medium term I don't think I think we're looking at yeah you know, 5 years at least and that's with a fair fair and following wind but that's just that's my guess I'm not you know that's no one putting words in my mouth that's I'm not a um you know, I'm I'm not involved in property. I'm not involved in accountancy. You, I don't. You can know. say it. you've got a five-year plan. It worked really well for us last time, and it's going to work again. Actually, I think you know, five five years would be a result. Yeah, but yeah, there's a there is a lot to happen. But it's good. What is good to see is that there was some um, a few months ago there was some conflict between um, the leader of Hammersmith uh, and Fulham Council, Stephen Cowan. And Tony Fernandez, there was a little bit of a Twitter spat. Thankfully, that's all died down, and and and, th- and I, I get the impression that anything that's being done is being done behind closed doors, which is really where it should be. Mm. Okay, I did. You have another Ros end? Or was that was? Yeah, I, I got. I have got a quick one actually. Go on then. Is, and this is. I bit... sensed it. I sensed you had another Ros <laughs> end. Look, Finney, Finney's watching the Bake Off final, so I mean, I, you know, someone's got to put their onion. He um. <laughs> He obviously heard it was like a, the final was like gluten free week or something. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, no, it, it was just a, a bit of sad news. I, I've just seen some reports on um, uh, lot for words that there was uh, a, 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 some racial abuse at the under twenty threes game today, and uh, really? apparently Lewis Walker um, was got some got some rather nasty abuse and. All I was going to say is just the the, the 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 I mean I don't know I don't know anything more about it than what I saw on 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 Lawful Words forum, but just with sort of the timing and and then you hear about the rather soft sanction that Bulgaria got today, which mm. was one match ban, one uh, sorry behind closed doors, one suspended, and what was it seventy five thousand euros fine, mm. and you just the two things together, you just think maybe we're not taking this serious enough. Um, I mean, I, I've always thought, and, and it, it's not an issue particularly with QPR. We, I think, we've always been a very open club and very, you know, very welcoming. And you know, you, you see a lot of diversity at QPR, and I think that's a wonderful thing. Um, I just just wish that the, the the wider football family or community would take it more seriously and do something about it and mm. really put their feet down. I don't think anyone would disagree with that. Um, so my, I have a changing gears slightly. I did have a question coming off this Brentford game about this rivalry and other West London rivalries that I maybe maybe you tell me you're an idiot. It definitely happened. I don't remember us ever caring about Brentford when I was growing <laughs> up and I was a kid. 
I mean, we were in different leagues to them. I don't remember us ever caring about them pretty much prior to the Mark Bircham goal. Am I wrong? Or is this, an, is this a new thing? And why do we care? Why do we care about them? I don't care about Brentford, but that is partly because I'm from South East London. So I didn't. I, didn't, I mean, I don't. This is heresy. Sorry, when I say we, because I don't care. Yeah, either, yeah, but why yeah, does good. the fan base. Um, well, derbies are not magicked out of thin air, are they? Derbies are, are, are born through repeated exposure to one another, and clubs can learn to hate each other because they play each other so much. Liverpool and Chelsea had that run of incredibly tedious games in mm. the mid-noughties when it was Benitez and Mourinho, where they kept coming up against each other and there was a sort of real lasting um, hatred between them now because of that, uh, which is why when Rafa went to... Rafa, first name terms, Rafa, Rafa Benitez went to Chelsea, that was such a loaded thing for them. Uh, and yeah. there's also, you know, examples like Palace and Brighton, which is all just built on one nasty Alan yes. Mullery incident in the 70s. And there's some funny ones as well, like Colchester hate Wickham, I think, because of a really bad-tempered game in, you know, Division 4 at, at some point. So I think rivalries grow due to exposure. Um, but I mean, Brentford are streets ahead of us, aren't they, the recent records? So we've, we've, got, we've got to start caring a bit more about them. I have. I actually have three on the R's end. This is getting like Blimey. Finney. No, my my my, my f- second one is a very quick one, which is that the the club are doing a charity event and they have asked us to mention it, so I, I shall. Which is they're doing a question of sports, which I think they've had a very inventive pun and called it something like question of ours. Um, but basically it's... Uh, <laughs> really really open to interpretation yeah, what, that, what the topics are going to be there. It is a charity quiz night, I think in aid of the Kind Prince Foundation, uh, although I'm not entirely sure. It's on yes, the 12th yes, of November. Is. It's got, I think it's hosted by Peter Crouch, um, current players, ex-players, and there are spots for fans up for grabs and they have asked us to mention that you can bid for a spot if you go on the website and follow all the links so we've done that and my third point is a very quick one did you you may have noticed there is now a new longest serving manager in the football league yeah what i saw that did you see who it was who is it is it Gareth. It is now Gareth Ainsworth. Oh, marvellous. Oh, congratulations. I was really glad you didn't go to Sunderland. That felt like a potential career ruin. <laughs> Definitely a career ender. So congratulations to Gareth. Now I shall pass over to you, I'm Tom, gonna, for your I'm going to lay my cards on the table and say this is not this is not a weighty topic for my R's end, but gold numbers and names on the back of our shirts <laughs> are a disgrace. You can't read them. Red only yeah, from now on. It, it might go with the trim of the new kit, which I don't like. I don't like it. Because a collar on a football shirt with the I, same yes. rubbish material of a football shirt does not work. The, the names and numbers on the back are, are a real a real black spot against us as a club at the moment. And I mean, they're literally not a black spot. <laughs> <laughs> which should be problem. part of the problem. And yeah. Let's face it, we had so many new players at the beginning of August that you know you really needed to, yeah. to read Yeah, them, deeply confusing and very bad for journalists. Please think of the journalists. Do you think it's red? I think red, red works so much better for us. We had like when we first had to wear squad numbers and names on the back in the 90s and it, mm, it looked horrible. We had big patches on those. Yeah, I remember the big patches. Uh, yeah. CSF yeah. shirts, but the red the red works. The red's lovely. Um, can I sneak in another as well? Yes. Can I welcome a new QPR fan into the world? Uh, my niece, Milica Jennifer Gibbs, my sister Hannah's daughter, my sister Hannah sits in front of me. She's got a season ticket. Didn't make it back last night, unfortunately. Uh, born a couple of weeks ago. Uh, her father won't be happy that I'm claiming her as a QPR fan because he's a Southampton fan, but they lost 9-0, so Congratulations. she's ours. Sorry. Congratulations. Congratulations. That's Milica. Milica. Wonderful. Congratulations. Welcome to the club. 
Milica, don't be a Saints fan. <laughs> um, predictions. That just leaves us predictions for Saturday. Nil-nil. We're going to get the clean sheet. And I'll be delighted. I'll be optimistic and say when all. More to hope than expectation. When I worry we might lose, I tend to always go for one all. So I will do the same. Um, thank you very much for listening. Um, we will be back next week. This has been Open All Ours. Yours. Yeah.